Come on, amen and amen. Yes, we were made to be people of purpose. Well, welcome back to Fuse, everybody. Hope you had a great spring break at every location. I still have yet to make it to the beach. I think the first time I will make it to the beach is this thing called Gauntlet. Um, hey, y'all, y'all for real, every campus, y'all be praying this week. We have a team in Daytona Beach right now, literally right now, who is praying over and planning um, Gauntlet this year. Let me tell you, we've said this the past two weeks, I'm not playing. It's going to be different this year. So if you think, oh, Gauntlet, been there, done that, not like this, you haven't. And God wants to do a new thing. God wants to show us a different dimension of himself, a different display of his character. So you're going to want to sign up for Gauntlet. If you hear me say yes. All right, well, listen, I don't have any time to waste tonight. We got a lot of ground to cover and a lot of scripture to read. And let me tell you, I am stoked about tonight because I hope you know, we spend hours on these messages because I believe in the power of the word of God. And if you will pick up what I preach tonight, the state of South Carolina will look completely different completely different, drastically different. Your family, both the one you have now and the one that you will have one day, could completely change if you, if you take me up on this message tonight. I ain't playing. This, this is my not play face. We got to talk about purpose, so I ain't playing. All right? So let's jump in tonight. If you've, if you've just come in, you're like, dang, it's my first time. This girl is serious. I am, but also I'm here to have fun. Fuse is about being fun. But if you are catching up with us, you will know we've been tracking with the Israelites on their journey from Egypt to freedom. And I want to go back to the beginning. You know, we started the year with a series called Covenant, that God has made a covenant relationship with us. If you've wondered, are me and God a thing? God's decided. You and him are a thing because you're a thing because you're a thing because he loves you. Then we move from there, and we see the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years, but God remembers that covenant relationship, and he works miraculously. You remember the toads, and the we had sound effects, and um, I had, like, weird stuff on my face. Uh, but God worked miraculously to free them from Egypt. Remember, the Exodus journey is not ancient or foreign. It is current, or it is my, and it is mine. These things trying to ring a bell, those little series catchphrases. All right. Then we moved on into the wilderness, right, where we learn that salvation sets us free, but the wilderness teaches us how to live free. It's all ringing a bell. Anyone who's been here, can you just nod your head like you, you know what I'm talking about? Okay, thank you. But now we're going to move with the, uh, in this People of Purpose series, with the Israelites into the promised land. Now, when I say that, everybody should go, yay, because... This was the whole destination for the Israelites. This is where they've been working to get. This is where God promised them they would get to. And the guy who actually got to lead them was this guy named Joshua. Any Joshes in the house at every campus tonight? I'm going to go ahead and speak a prophetic word over you. If you're a Josh, you're meant to be a leader. You're meant to be a man among men who will cling to the word of God and lead people to the promised land that they're supposed to be in to conquer giants and to set people in their identity. Don't know which Joshua that was for? Maybe all of you. But that was Joshua's purpose. And Caleb finished last week with reading over us um, what God spoke to Joshua before he was taking them into the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey for us. This would be the land flowing with chicken minis and sweet tea, okay? And he says this to Joshua. He says, Joshua, this is a word for us tonight for you, so lean in. Be strong and courageous. For I'll be with you. 
and I'll give you this land that was promised to your forefathers. And things go great for a while until they don't. And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about tonight. Now, quick question before I get into the portion of uh, the main portion of teaching. Um, who would be honest at every campus tonight and say that your commitment and excitement for God can sometimes change in the blink of an eye? Anybody? Okay. Thank you for your honesty. It's a lot of us. I mean, like, one minute we're, like, super Christian, about to heal everybody in my school. Y'all thought one guy walked on water? Watch this. Then we wake up the next morning, and you're like, debauchery sounds pretty nice. Like, it's, debauchery just means, like, super sin. So you went from, like, super Christian to super sin. Um, and you're, listen, I get it. Sometimes our relationship with Jesus can be like, like this. Sometimes, depending on how good the worship is, it fused. Don't put that on the worship leaders. They're going after Jesus. You follow them, you're probably going to be all right. But I want you to know that that was not just our issue. That happened to the Israelites. And I'm going to show you tonight through Scripture why that exists, but how I believe that never has to exist in our life anymore because you know that can be a reality. So I'm going to show us this in Scripture. Remember that guy said Joshua, right, spoke a prophetic word over some of you Joshua's. This is like one of the last conversations that he says to the people of Israel before he dies. And I want to show you how quick, literally, with the turning of a page, their relationship can change. So, so put your eyes on the screen, and we're going to read this together. Joshua, his like parting words, his parting encouragement. On his deathbed, he says this. Now, therefore, my people, we've been through a lot together. Therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. Listen, God is not going to force his relationship on you. He's giving you an option. Choose this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And many of you, your mom put this over your dining room table in lovely script font that she got at Hobby Lobby. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Y'all seen this on like, what's it called? Monogram. Lord help us in the South. If you love monogram, be blessed. All right, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's keep reading. Then the people answered, oh, Joshua. Some of y'all, this is to your fuse group leader. They're like, hey, serve this day. And they're like, far be it from us. Y'all know when you play innocent with your fuse group leader or somebody who's trying to call you, me? Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt. You start talking like for some reason you get British for a second because it sounds more like serious. For it is the Lord our God who, I don't know I'm doing that. Our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of, land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. And who did those great signs on our side and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples. Y'all remember at Remember at Remember that? The Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said, 
I smell, I smell something. You're not able to serve the Lord for he's a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your, your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, that he will turn and do harm and consume you after having done you good. Again, this is some of your fuse group leaders. You know if you make that decision, it's going to end badly. You're like, I think it'll be fine. It ends badly every time. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn. Verse 21. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, fine. Then you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. So basically, they're looking at each other in the eye being like, I got your back, you got my back. We won't let one another forget that we said this. It's gauntlet last night. I'm crying. You're crying. We're not going to forget this. We're not going to forget this feeling. We're not going to forget the miracles God did this week. We're not going to forget how the word came alive to us. We're not going to forget what we fell in worship. We're not going to forget the salvation. We will not forget. I'm going to be your witness. You're going to be mine. Then they go back to school with the turning of a page. And look what happens in Judges, which is the book we're going to live in for this whole series. Judges 2, verse 8. Look what happens when the leader leaves. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. That's old. And they buried him within the boundaries of his inheritance in Timnath Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of the mountain of Gash. And all that generation who said they'd keep each other accountable, who said they would pass it on, they were gathered to their fathers, which means they died. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord of the work that he had done for them. Look at this. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. We'll never do that. Baal. Baal. Right? How many of us know this has been us? I will never go back to that sin. Next day, right? We're forgetful. Let me, look, literally, this is the first page I wrote. With the turning of a page, their relationship turned. And I want to show you why that gap exists, why this seems to be us with the turning of a page. We are flipping back and forth in our relationship like everything else. The gap between this page and this page is a gap of forgotten purpose. They forgot their purpose. They all said they would be witnesses to one another to remind each other of the goodness of God and the promise and authority he had given them to settle the promised land. And no one did it. Not one. There's millions of them. No one stood up to remind each other of the covenant, the exodus, the parting of the Red Sea, the promises, the conquests, the purpose. So everything goes to poop. Seriously, things get really bad, and why? You need to listen right now because I'm about to preach. Things go to poop. Why? Seriously, if I could get you to write this whole thing down, I would, but you just have to listen good. Okay? Say, I will listen good. Well, okay, with the grammar. Why does this happen? Listen to this. Why does this happen to the Israelites? 
Because when they went into the promised land, it was very easy, almost natural, to simply become like the land around them instead of changing the land around them. If you didn't catch it, I'll keep reading. They got used to how the land looked instead of remembering what the land could look like if they did all that God commanded them. If you're not listening, I really need you to stop talking to your friend and look in because this matters. It matters. I told you I wasn't playing tonight because this matters. They got used to surviving in the land, blending in in the land, becoming like the people in the land instead of remembering that they were meant to take over and rejuvenate the entire land. The promise, listen, the promise in the promised land was not just to have a gift that they could go live in the land however they wanted. The promise was to go in and possess the land, to make the land look more like the people of God instead of the people of God starting to look more like the land. Is this is this hitting with anybody at any campus? Because this is us. Like the Israelites, God's promise is meant to connect us to a great purpose. God doesn't just give us promises to make us feel good when we're a little sad to go find a psalm that lifts us up. God gave us promises so that we could know what our purpose is. The promised land wasn't the point. It was meant to pair them with their great purpose. Now, Fuse, here's what's crazy. And McKay, here's what's crazy. You and I have a far greater purpose than the Israelites. Far greater purpose than they had. A reality of a land greater than they had. Because in Jesus, we don't get just one little patch of land left to us by our granddaddy. In Jesus, we are meant to inherit everything. Everybody repeat after me. I get it all in Jesus. All the land is now promised to you in Jesus Christ. Which means all the land should not start, we should not start to look like the land around us. The land around us should start to look like us. If we are people of God. See if this doesn't sound familiar to you. A little bit of what God spoke to Joshua that now Jesus speaks over us. Same God speaking the same truth over thousands of years. Look at this in John 14. We're going to read a lot of Bible tonight. And you know why? It's because I love the Bible and I think it works. So (laughs) enjoy. Okay. John 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. Hey, Fuse, listen to me. The first thing Jesus wants you to hear tonight, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Going to verse 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, many of us have received that. That's the gift of salvation. Yep, I love that promise. In Jesus, I get access to God. But Jesus doesn't stop. Go to verse 12. Y'all better look at this because this is some crazy stuff. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Leave that up there in control, please. Y'all the best. Everybody say greater works. Greater works. Listen to me, Fuse. Everybody eyes up looking at me every campus. 
If you've professed Jesus as Lord, then he has now called you to work greater works than even he did here on earth. Now, what does that mean? Greater works? That doesn't mean any of us are more powerful than Jesus. It just means if we understand this, then the state of South Carolina has thousands of people who are now filled with the Spirit of God, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, which means Jesus' works can be worked in more places. That's what it means by greater. The land should probably start to look a little bit different. And if you remember with this promise, hey, greater works will you do? Jesus also gave us a prayer. I'm going to start praying it, and you just join with me if you remember it. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop. On earth as it is in heaven. Think about this. So when Jesus gives us this promise and this prayer, here's what he's saying about people of purpose. Write this down, take a picture, Morse code it to yourself, whatever you need to do. If people still tweet, do that. But this is what we are coming around this whole series. People of purpose join God in making earth look more like it is in heaven. If you've ever wondered what Jesus wants you to do, there it is. We're just supposed to join God in making earth more like it is in heaven. Because is that not what Jesus did? Everywhere he went looked a little less like earth and a little more like heaven. Miracles began to break out. As if like the Israelites, all the earth is now our promised land and we are meant to settle it. Listen, I know many of us have prayed that prayer a thousand times. Which of your sports teams pray that before every game? Right, that was my coach. First we'd get cussed out, then we'd pray that, right? That seems wrong. But if you've professed Jesus as Lord, I don't care if you're 11 or 62, then you are not just meant to pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You are meant to be an active participant in making sure it happens. Jesus wasn't just giving us a prayer. He was giving us our purpose. You're going to do greater works and ask God to help you bring heaven here because now that's what you are meant to do. And you're bored in Christianity? Because we've made it about just obeying rules instead of seeing kingdom break forth into our communities and into our families and into our classrooms and into our workplaces. Heaven should break out wherever you go. And it's, listen, I get it. I got to stand up. I was going to sit down, and I told the people on the camera I wasn't, but I started to get passionate, and I got to stand up. It's so easy for me to read the story about the Israelites, and in the flipping of a page, they're like, I forgot. I'm like, what is wrong with you until I realize that's me? How many times, how many times, have I gone to bed at night, laid my head on my pillow, and no one would have been able to tell in the day the difference between me and anyone around me? That I could leave rooms and they look the exact same as when I got in there, as when I left. That the Holy Spirit of God could live in me, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, and I nobody notices. We are the same, and listen, I get it. I know it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but I know many times we miss out on this just because we don't want to be those people. You know what I'm talking about? Like, you don't want to be those weird people. Like, those people are weird. 
that Joshua guy, he's always like speaking scripture over me. <laughs> that guy's weird. Till you don't know that kid goes home at night and looks up those scriptures because something became to come a light in them. So let me just tell you tonight, Fuse, I'm going to speak a few things over us. Sorry, not sorry, but when you said yes to Jesus, guess what? You became one of those people. Those people of great purpose. Because listen, I don't want to be weird, but I'd rather be called weird than have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of me than, and be called normal. That's the greater loss. So who are those people? I'll tell you who those people are. Those people, here's, here's the people we're going to be. We're going to be those people who know that they are good at sports because God is actually using sports to connect them to a greater purpose. Those people who instead of acting like everyone else on our teams, who disrespect the coach or skip out on workouts or act like a baby when we lose. Nope, we're the most committed, life-giving, servant-hearted person on the team who through college and beyond, though that may be the goal, it's obvious in our lives it has not become our God. Who see locker rooms become care rooms and bus rides become opportunities for evangelism. Come on, somebody. I'm trying to be those people. Listen, I'm not done. Hold on. I'm trying to be those people who have eyes to see the woman in the line at Walmart who seems to be in great pain. And I'm not going to pray silently to myself. I'm not going to promise to pray for her later. I'm going to say, ma'am, I noticed that you're limping. Would it be okay if I prayed for you right now in the aisle at Walmart? But what if revival could break out in the checkout counter at Walmart because you decided to be one of those people? What if? We need to be those people. This is good. But those people who refuse, this is a big one for our generation, okay? Those people who refuse to harbor bitterness and unforgiveness as a badge of honor. It is not a badge of honor to be unforgiving and bitter. It will eat away at your inside life. No, we're going to be those people who give that pain and that hurt to God and allow him to heal us as we surrender every day to forgiving whoever that person is. We're going to be those people who realize, this is a good one. I'm going to even sit like this point is. We're going to be those people who realize that, I was just saying. Or, I was just playing. Is never a part of our vocabulary. Who understand that our words have power. And that you, again, 11th grader, 6th grader, volunteer, the power of life and death is in your tongue. So we're going to be people who don't use sarcasm as a cover-up for our own pain. We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to speak life. And we're going to see communities raise up because we, used to, we choose to use our tongue for more than just cheap digging humor. Come on now. We're going to be those people who just dare to live like they're actually people of purpose. Can I get an Amen. So I'm calling us up, Fuse. I'm sorry if your goal was to accept Jesus and then just blend until his return. Ain't part of the deal. But doesn't that sound boring? I'm saved. Just waiting on Jesus to come back. Nah. We're saved and then we prepare for Jesus to come back. What if Jesus landed on the earth and is like, hmm, this is better than when I left it. We could be a part of that. We can't just look like the land anymore. We got to look different. So listen, I've got very few minutes to go through the rest of this because we're going to go, we're going to learn how to be those people of great purpose through these people called judges, which is the book I read from. Now, when I say judge, don't think like gavel gown, Judge Judy. Is she still on? Is that still a thing? 
Yes, no? Okay, cool. Anyways, that's not what I'm talking about. Judge literally means someone who will bring others into a right relationship. <laughs> I love that. You and I are now called, like these judges, to bring others into right relationship. And these were just men and women who, raised, who were raised up by God to be leaders in the community of Israel, to help remind them, to snap them back to reality. Hey, we've been called to a great purpose. Now remember, as we're talking about this, every Bible hero, you're going to see some of these stories. These people are severely messed up. Like, they make some dumb decisions. So be encouraged. If you've made some dumb decisions, if you made some on the spring break last week, God could still raise you up as a leader in your community to call people back to right relationship because he did it with these people. And if he can do it with these people, then he can do it with those people. I didn't even mean to tie those things in, but it just worked. So tonight, very quickly, I'm going to talk about a woman named Deborah. That's right, a lady leader. Shout out to my lady leaders. Wow, I was really expecting more than that. Cool. Ladies let me down. So, so some dudes yelled out. Appreciate you guys. Now listen. Y'all listen. I was going to read the whole story of Deborah. I don't have time. So I'm going to give you a quick overview of our girl, Deborah. Now, she was amazing. She's the only judge who they say stayed honorable who the whole time stayed true to her purpose. Here's how the story goes. Basically, I'm going to read the first verse. Can we put up Judges 4, um, starting in verse 1? Actually, to verse 4. Look at this again. And the people of Israel again, nope, starting in verse 1, yeah. And the people of Israel again did was evil in the sight of the Lord after Ehud died. And the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor, the commander of his army, with Sisera, who lived in that place. Then the people of Israel cried out to the Lord for help, for he had 900 chariots of iron. He oppressed the people of Israel cruelly for 20 years. Now Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of, the wife of Lapidoth, was judging Israel at the time. Go to verse 5 to you. She used to sit under the palm of Deborah. You sit under a tree so long, I guess they just name it after you. Between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim, and the people of Israel came up to her for judgment. So this is kind of her overview. We don't have to read through the rest. But the people came up to her for judgment. And at one point she calls the leader, um, one of the military leaders at the time, um, whose name was Barack, not Obama, different one. Yeah, oh, man. Um, Different one, and she calls him up and says, hey, Brock, did not the Lord tell you that you're supposed to go down and conquer them? And Brock's like, why you got to call me out like that? Actually, he's like, yes, you're right, but I'm only going if you go. So Deborah says, I'll surely go with you. They head into battle. Deborah says, up, Brock, it's time to take them. And they're killing this battle. They're winning. Um, but then the leader named Sisera runs away to this tent, and there's a woman named Jael. Everybody say Jael. This is how the Bible gets crazy, y'all. Some of y'all know the story. You're all, are you already like, we're going to tell this to sixth graders? Yes, I am. Because it's in here. And Jael says, yeah, come on in. And Jael, as, Jay, um, as the Cicero is falling asleep, takes a tent peg and a hammer to his temple. Boom! And it says, the Lord gave that army 
into the hand of Israel on that day, Deborah and Barak leading together to come back. Now Israel again ruling together to conquer again. They weren't supposed to look like the land. The land was supposed to look like them. So here's four things I want us to take from Deborah tonight that we can take into our communities that we've got to learn to be people of purpose, to make earth look more like heaven. Y'all look at this quickly. Number one from Deborah, people will flock to people of purpose. Remember where I said Deborah was sitting under a palm tree just chilling? And people came to her. Listen, if you think people are going to run away from you because you stop living in your, you start living in your purpose, maybe the ones who need to will, but the people want to know their purpose and they will start flocking to you if you start actually living like you have some. People will flock to people of purpose. Start living in yours. Number two, love this one. Ladies, about to press in on you. So as people start coming to you, here's something you need to know. A humble woman's words are powerful. A humble woman's words are powerful. Now here's what I mean. I'm just going to say it, okay? There's a culture right now of women who are yelling to be heard, to fight for value and purpose, and I'm not against it. I'm just saying that Scripture shows us there's a right way to do it. And if in humility you will bow yourself before God and maybe talk a little less, people might start asking for your opinion. Hear the Lord long enough to actually have something to say. Okay? A humble woman. Women, I want to urge you at every campus, you are powerful leaders given the purpose of God. Deborah, because of her voice, humbly coming to a man and saying, I know what God told you, and you have everything in you that you need to do it. That's what our voice needs to start sounding like. Not calling out the men around us, but calling up the men around us. Can I get an amen? A humble woman's words have power. But number three, men, time for you. A humble man takes the advice of a trusted source. I'm just going to say this, and then I'm going to move on. Did you know that humble men are willing to be called out and called up? Barack could have rejected Deborah's advice. Who do you think you're talking to? But he knew she was right, and he got the victory because of it. Listen, many of us miss out on our purpose because we are too proud to let anyone call us out on our junk. So, may, so we would rather live in mediocrity and make a pet of our pride than walk in the fullness of who we were made to be. In God's kingdom, humble men are those who are recorded with a legacy. And I'm believing that there's some young men at Fuse who are going to have a legacy left behind because they decide to walk in humility. If you're a man in every campus across the state, will you give me, I don't know, what do men do? Like, yeah. Come on. Come on. Humble men leave a legacy because they take advice from trusted sources. If a woman reminds you of what God called you to, maybe lean in and listen. And number four. When men and women learn to lead together, God's purpose is accomplished. When men and women learn to lead together, God's purpose is accomplished. If you listen to me, we got to stop looking at each other as just dating opportunities. Because you know you ain't going to be married in heaven. I know he's cute, 
I know she's cute. But even if y'all get married in heaven, ain't married. You know what you still are in heaven? Co-heirs with Christ. And we got to start looking at each other like that now. You are my co-heir, my co-soldier. And we need each other in order to see this thing accomplished. In order for this place to start looking more like God's place. I have amazing brothers around me who make sure this happens. Because when men and women learn to lead together, God's purpose is accomplished. Because here's what it says at the end of this story in Judges 5.31. Judges 5.31 says this. And the land had rest for 40 years. When men and women learn to lead together, when we realize that we are not just dating opportunities but co-heirs and co-laborers, when we humble ourselves to one another to just remind each other of our purpose, remember what you heard at Fuse? If you go to school yesterday and you see a girl just running off at the mouth, ladies, why don't you go, hey, remember a humble woman's words are powerful. You know what she's going to do? Hate it. But you know what? She, she needs that. We've got to work together in this because what if when we decided to stand up like this and live in purpose, our land, whether it's in Columbia or Florence or Rock Hill, wherever we are, whatever land you're in, what if it could start to look more like peace and rest for the rest of your life because we decide to live like this? So here's what I, the last thing I'm going to do. And it's a prayer, actually, that I'm going to invite us to pray together all week. Every leader, every student, I'm going to make it the background of my phone. Because I know we all look at our phones. And that's not a knock. I look at my phone a lot. So I want this to be the reminder, literally, to hit me in the face every time I look at my phone. Remember, I said people of purpose are those who join with God in making earth look more like heaven. So this is our prayer together. Get your phones out. Take a picture. Write this down. If your friends aren't here, but you know they usually come to Fuse, text them this picture. Say, we're going to pray this together. Here's our prayer that we're going to pray all week. God, how can I join you in making earth look more like heaven? How can I join you in making earth look more like heaven? See if you don't start looking at people in your school differently. See if you don't start looking at people in your family differently. See if you don't start looking at your teachers differently. You know, they got a home life too and something might be going on that's pretty difficult there. See if you don't start looking at your boss differently. If he tells me to dip, double dip those fries one more time, no, God, how can I make earth look more like heaven? This is our prayer all week long, hopefully for the rest of our lives. This is our great purpose. So here's what I'd love to do now. If um, everybody ever came as, as, with as little uh, noise as possible, if you could stand to your feet. And he has no idea I'm about to do this, but I'm going to. Um, you know what, Kadarius, the Spirit's already here, so you can stop playing keys. Come up here for me. Everybody at every campus, can you welcome Kadarius to the, to the stage? What's up? This is my friend Kadarius, KD. How long have you been coming to Fuse? Oh, gosh, it's been a while. I'm 22 now, so I was in sixth grade, so maybe like... You're not 22. 
I've been here too long. Um, You said, yeah, don't say that to a woman. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But I want to tell you something about Kadarius, and then I'm going to let him pray over us. Because let me tell you something. This is a man who is walking in great purpose. Someone, every campus, listen. He sat exactly where you sat. Worshipped exactly, went to gauntlet however many times. A lot. lot. That's how I feel. I did. But now I just pulled him up from the keys where every leak, every leak, every week, he is now leading us in worship. Kadarius leads me in worship. He came from exactly where you are, where I know sometimes he probably thought, what am I going to do with this? What is life about to look like? Did you ever think you'd be up here leading students in worship? Not at all. But this is what God can do with men and women who are submitted. God, I don't know what it looks like, but how can I make earth look more like heaven? And there are many weeks where an invitation, he makes our invitations look a, more, look a lot more like heaven with how he just plays them spirit keys back there. So I wanted Kadarius, someone who is the product of this ministry, a man of God, a pillar of faith, who has baptized multiple of his fuse group in this very room to pray over you at every campus tonight. So can we just do this? I want, Kadarius, you to just pray a blessing over us at fuse tonight. But can we just lift our hands up to receive that? Come on. You have great purpose fuse written all over your life. A purpose that is far beyond what you could ask or think, but we got to submit to it. So, Kadarius, will you do our final prayer tonight? Yes, sir. Thank you. Gosh, Jesus, we are so, so, so thankful for you. Jesus, I, I just personally want to come to you right now. I just want to thank you for this opportunity right here to, to pray for my younger brothers and sisters right now, Lord. I pray that those who are, who are very committed to, to Fuse right now and those who are not so committed, Lord, I just want to pray for them all. I pray many blessings over them, Lord. Um, I just pray for their path. I pray that they would choose the narrow path each and every day, Lord, and not choose the, the, the wide one. That's, that's a little bit easier, Lord. Um, this is a journey, and I pray that they all will continue to fight. Um, and I pray that you would give them the wisdom that they need to continue this journey, Lord. And I just pray that you would, you would rest your love upon each and every one of them, Lord. I pray that there is never a night that they feel unloved, where there's no love from their parents, Lord, or no love from, from those who are around them, Lord. I pray that your love would be the only thing that they see, Lord, and the only thing that they chase after. And right now, I just want to pray for, once, once again, for all, Lord, for all who are, whatever they're going through, Lord, you know the hearts in each and every person in here, Lord. You know the prayer requests. You know the things that are needed right now, Lord. So I just pray right now, right now, Lord, for you to, to answer those, for you to whisper in each and every whether it's a son or a daughter in here, Lord, whisper in their ear right now, right now the love that you have for them. Thank you so, so much, God. We are so thankful for you. Let us continue in worship, Lord, and, and, and give praise back to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you, Kadarius. Love you, man. Come on, y'all, now. Let's sing together every campus of the purpose and the God who's planted in us. Come on, let's sing now. <laughs>